Tandem Nomads, episode 292. So burnout actually starts in the brain, but it gets stuck in the body. So to recover properly and to sustain that recovery with serenity and ease, we need to tackle both the mind and the body and not in the ways that we expect. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and resources to grow a successful portable business that is aligned with your lifestyle and your priorities. This is your host, ML Deregi. I'm a business and marketing coach and the founder of Tandem Nomads. Today, we are going to talk about a topic that fortunately is starting to get more and more out there, which is burnout for entrepreneurs. And we know way too many solopreneurs, big entrepreneurs and owners of bigger businesses. And no matter what the size of your company, even if you're a small business owner or solopreneur, burnout is a real problem and a real deal that we have to address. And today I'm really excited to bring to you a very interesting and lively person, an expert on the topic about burnout and body. So I'm really excited to have Jody Woodford here to share with you some insights and how you can actually tackle burnout, listening to your body and working through your body. So Jody, thank you for being here and I, you're ready for this ride. Thank you for having me. And yes, I think I'm ready. Excellent. <laughs> so Jody is a restorative movement specialist who helps people over 40 to finally uncover the root cause of their pain and treat it so that it doesn't come back. She takes a revolutionary and rebellious route to the way things are done in the health and fitness world. And Jody provides a multidisciplinary approach combining an anatomical and psychological corrective exercises that her clients describe as magical. <laughs> so Judy, this is a short overview of who you are. Before I ask you some questions about your personal life a little bit so that we get to know who is this lady, I love the first time where I ask you to describe what you do. Can you actually say it? Uh, yeah. So I help you to get to the root cause of your physical pains. And then I treat it with a range of different techniques so that it doesn't come back again. So the techniques that I use actually work with different parts of your brain to reverse engineer and then reprogram faulty movement patterns. Wow, that's very sophisticated. One thing that you said to me that was very interesting and funny as well is when I asked you, who do you work with? Do you remember what you said? Uh, no, I don't actually. What did I say? <laughs> I work with anybody who has a vagina. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's actually it. Thank you for reminding me. It's true. You I know, love and I that. get a lot of stick about this on social media, but I've yeah. got three kids and my littlest has a vagina, but calls herself a boy. So I think it's quite good that I have to live with this. Well, I don't have to, but I live with this, you know, gender fluid, gender neutral, gender mm, not caring person. Um, so I have to be very careful with my speech. It's good. I love that so much because I think it like you and I didn't even know this about about your your child and your own personal experience with that but that's what resonated with me is is because we have a vagina we don't necessarily identify as a woman or man and that is a anatomical part of our body that needs to be considered no matter how we identify but also as women I think it's an important part of our bodies that we need to consider and as an entrepreneur, uh, that's not the point of this episode, but I know, for instance, considering our cycle in the business is one of the topics I think I would love to cover very soon in the podcast. I thought that was really interesting how you actually take 
tackle that and you talk about it a lot through your own social media and content, how the body of a woman can be actually very important to consider in our mental health as well. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to dive into that. But actually, you also have an interesting background. Could you tell us a little bit about where you live and where you got to where you are? Yeah, sure. I live in Switzerland. I think it's the sixth country that I've lived in. I'm originally from Zimbabwe. Um, when you are from a country like Zimbabwe, you kind of have this maybe luck that you are one of the lucky ones that managed to escape. And so you live outside of the country. And that makes it quite easy to feel grateful and settled everywhere. You know, I don't I don't have a hankering to go home or anything like that because it's not the country I grew up with. Um, how did I get to where I am? Um, I have always been into movement, always been into sport, um, suffered some injuries uh, along the way, um, found some really good techniques and um, put them to work and got uh, qualified in them. And how I came to find what I actually apply most of the time now, which is a technique called neurokinetic therapy, is I had a like lingering pain in my body and I went to see the big fat guru here in Geneva who was supposed to be the best of the best and she supposedly treated me and as I was going through the treatment I just thought this is a load of bollocks it's never going to work lo and behold it didn't so I thought there has to be a better way so I went off and started looking for the better way fell into the rabbit hole that is neurokinetic therapy that opened up loads of different side avenues to different other techniques that I've now embraced and integrated as well. And so that is why I don't kind of fall under the category of physio or osteo or chiro or anything like that. It really is kind of an umbrella um, approach to the body where I have complete freedom basically to look at how someone doesn't move really I look at the parts of your body that aren't moving and ask myself okay why why does that not move um, and is that why this person is feeling pain and friction and dysfunction so yes I mean it's brilliant I love it it's extremely varied it's like Forrest Gump every day it's a box of chocolates and you never know what you're going to get it's brilliant you know it goes it, it's what I wanted one of the things that I love about you is Listening to you talking is always so entertaining and lively. So this is going to be a blast this episode, I think. But I actually would love to have some examples of types of pains that you actually treat. Okay. So at the moment, I am working with a lovely lady in the US. She has a baby and she is quite a keen horse rider. She's had lots of falls off her horses um, over the years and she has a, a back that she calls nutsy it drives her nuts so the very last part of your back there's two parts but basically one of the last parts of your back is called the sacrum and this tends to really bother her what she would have said to me probably is you know I've just had a baby my core strength is not what it should be my back is really killing me you know, I think it's to do with the fact that I'm just unfit, untoned and all the rest of it. And what I've actually found with her is that part of her deep abdominals, if you like, is actually overworking and her back is weak. So what we're actually doing progressively is undoing the overworking abdominal muscle with some gentle massages. She has to lie down and put a tennis ball under her gut. It's wonderful. Um, it's quite painful, but whatever. And then she has to gently, gently activate her deep, final stabilizing muscles. And so far, so good. It's really early days. We've had one session, but she did report that for the first time in as long as she can remember, she went to bed, she didn't feel throbbing in her sacrum and she slept nicely. 
So that's a damn good start. I would say that my favorite people to help are people who have a pain that they know is not responding to traditional techniques, which are treating the site of that pain. And they intrinsically feel that where the pain is, is not where it's coming from. And they don't know how to understand where it's coming from and what to do about it. That's my favorite, favorite kind of client. I love that. Okay. That mm. makes it very clear. And w- the other thing that's interesting about your business, we're here about talking about portable businesses and business life without a lifestyle. I remember when you told me your story and how you actually had to make a huge pivot when the pandemic hit and you had to close your boutique. You basically used to see your clients in a physical space and had okay. to shift online. So how do you combine the offline and online components of your business? <laughs> it reminds me of the joke how do hedgehogs make love and the, <laughs> and the answer is carefully so how do I combine the two <laughs> I combine the two carefully because obviously I would like to think that I can help anybody and anybody with everything because most healers want to help anybody and everybody with everything don't they you know so I've had to be very 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 careful and get selective So what I try to do is I have a couple of screens that I put people through. Um, I try to make sure that the people who I can see here in person are more complex cases um, when I can see them in person. For um, the online world, I either see people who are already quite athletic, already know their bodies quite well, already have some understanding of, yeah, this pain is is not the site. You know, I can't see someone who's completely lost in their body online because it, it would be tricky. And what I also do online is I do small group programs where I teach my key foundational protocols. So there's some things that I share with 90% of my private clients. I take them through these foundational protocols, which is how to breathe, how to walk, how to align your body, how to eat, how to de-stress, how to find safety in your body, how to find actual rest without sleep because sleep is not restful. So those key foundational learnings are what I can best do in a group online. So like hedgehogs make love carefully, very, very carefully, because um, I like to think that the work that I do is obviously extremely meaningful But it's also important when someone trusts you with the well-being of the place where they spend all of their days and all of their nights, you really got to get it right. So I'm, I'm careful. I'm thorough. Plus, I'm a nerd, which helps. That's amazing. So basically, all the educational part is done online. And then the physiological part is the things you do in Switzerland in your, I guess you have a space where that you rent where you receive. Yeah, clients. you could say it like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, interesting. Love that. So you already mentioned directly and indirectly a lot of the things, the parallels that for you are important, which is the psychological and the body. And you are an entrepreneur and you work with sometimes Mm -hmm. also entrepreneurs who actually struggle with burnout and that goes through the body. So first of all, if you could share anything about your personal life, your personal experience around burnout And what is your take on that? Why do you believe that there is a connection between the body and the burnout? So in 2018, I was diagnosed with burnout because you can build a business after a business after a business, right? You can be a serial entrepreneur, but you can't be a simultaneous Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. And Jodie Woodford decided, no, 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 no. I can. Of course I can. Mm -hmm. So I tried to build various different, what, what, what I thought were revenue streams, but actually were 
standalone <laughs> businesses all at the same time. And it was a disaster. It was very successful. It worked wonders. Clients were delighted. I was dead. Mm. So I was diagnosed with burnout. It was a huge shock, huge, huge shock, because I just thought there's something wrong with me, but I don't know what it is. And when I went to see the doctor, she said, well, you know, you're just burnt out. No big deal. Anyway, it was a huge, huge shock. So I went to see a therapist and I did talk therapy. And what I found is that me and a lot of people like me can talk ourselves into or out of any situation you like, because we are extremely cerebral. Linguistic ability is there. I can tell you what you want to hear, but it wasn't actually impacting my physical baseline. And as someone who is very physical, I felt like I was sitting in the therapist's office and telling her what she wanted to hear and probably making progress, probably healing, but I wasn't feeling my body come back to life. I still felt like a shell. And when I brought this up with her, she said, okay, well, you know what you need? You need to go back to exercise. You need to go back to the gym. You need to go for a walk every day. You need to you know, walk at least an hour. You need to give your body like movement. But I was so burnt out and so tired and so exhausted that the idea of going back to a gym, which I hated anyway, was never going to happen. The idea of actually taking myself out for a walk for an hour was insurmountable, like insurmountable. So I really, really struggled. And I hit lots of obstacles in ways that I wasn't expecting to hit them in that I thought the therapy would be hard and having to dredge up, you know, uncomfortable stuff about pasts and past lives and childhood and all of that stuff. But what was actually really hard was reconnecting with, with my actual physicality as a woman, as a mother, as a human. Um, and so what I started to realize was that there's a gap between talk therapy, which is very well-intentioned and probably works really good for a lot of people, and people like me and others like me, I've realized that there are loads of us in the world who need that physical grounding as well because we live in two planes. We, we live in our heads, but of course, we've got this physicality as well. So I started trying to find really tiny, tiny ways of bringing my body back to health. And, re and I did lots of reading and I did lots of research. And, you know, I, I learned that sleep isn't restful. I learned that, you know, meditation really mm -hmm. can only be done on a healthy brain. That mindfulness is quite hard when you're, when you're sad and you're tired and it can just make you feel worse. So all of the typical paths that people are shown and all of the traditional routes that, again, well-meaning therapists guide you towards are often the next step that you need. The initial step that you need is to find safety, is to find rest, and is to find like this um, intrinsic mm -hmm. agency within your physical body. You can't just go for a walk for an hour. It's too much. It's too much when you're burnt out. So there's a, there's a gap between that initial therapist telling you what to do and being able to get to the gym and get back with your you know healthy habits I mean I swim I don't even talk to me about swimming pool when I'm burnt out there's a there's a sweet spot there that no one's really addressing I find I love that wow this is so good and I'd love to hear more about what are the things you suggest to actually tackle that especially for those who are there but before we even get to burnout how can we first of all prevent it And how can we see the signs before it's too late? Well, I mean, this is a thing that I found the therapy really helpful for because at the end of the therapy, walked away with my own personal kind of um, flag sheet. So I have things that I know 
when I start to tick those boxes, when I start to tick too many of those boxes, I'm starting to go over to the dark side again. But what I would encourage people to do is when they can feel themselves being tired or, I mean, me, mine wasn't tiredness. I didn't feel tired. I felt irritable. I was filled with rage. I was cross with the whole world. It was like, wanted everybody to just leave me alone and preferably die. You know, it was just, it was awful. So again, you know, know the symptoms, go and see a well-meaning practitioner who can actually diagnose you with it and actually understand where your baseline is. Because we've all got, you know, a very different baseline of irritability or fatigue or whatever. For example, you, compared to me, probably have four or five or six notches down on the calmness ladder. You know, you you do come, you do seem extremely calm, extremely grounded, obviously passionate, excitable, fun-loving, no, no, no. But I wouldn't say that your baseline's high, right? My baseline is naturally quite high. You know, I'm quite excitable, I'm quite explosive. Ask my children about my temper when I lose it. It's not a happy thing. It's not a pretty sight. So you want to actually understand where your baseline is. And that's the sort of thing that I have a, a tool which allows people to actually stop and listen in and see what your actual baseline is. Because when you've got that baseline, then you know, or then you can intrinsically feel, okay, how much of it do I think, how far above that baseline do I think I am? And of course, what you want to do essentially is bring that baseline as low as your personality will allow. So this is me like super, super, super chilled, but I'm already, you know, as you say, quite energetic and dynamic and blah, 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 blah. But I know that this is my happy baseline. As soon as I go above it, that's when I know that things get tricky. It's all about knowing ourselves, right? It all starts by knowing who we are and, and how we tick. And I like that term baseline. I think it can be somehow apply to energy level, but also how we show up every day and our mood level, I guess, right? Yeah, it encompasses how do I feel? Like, do I feel tension somewhere? Do I feel more tension than usual? Am I um, refusing visibility opportunities? Am I refusing networking opportunities? Am I refusing social interaction opportunities? Those are all usually signs that you're growing into ambivalence about your place in the world as a human being because we're social creatures and we like to be with others. That can be, unless you're a hermit uh, and or an introvert, which I think we've decided I am, um, you <laughs> are often little orange flags. So it's okay, you're not feeling good or whatever. You can't be asked to go to dinner tonight with Frederick or whatever. So you cancel. But if you cancel Jemima, Melanie, Sophia and Angela for the rest of the week as well, then mm, what's going on? That sort of thing. So it's yeah. mood, it's energy, but it's also just, um, it's a knowing. It's an intrinsic, intuitive mm -hmm. knowing. And I think a lot of us bypass that because we're busy, because we're rushed, because it seems a bit woo-woo, but we know, we know where, where our sweet spot is. I think we just need to slow down and listen to it and then actually answer right. it when it sends us messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, slow down and listen to it and listening to our thoughts and listening to our body as well. So that's where we come here to basically where I wanted you to have you is like, how can we course correct this direction using our body? 
So this is where I have a really good seven-step process. So I will share the link on the show notes of this episode, which is tandemnomads.com slash 292. Very good. Thank you very much. So in our body, we have seven diaphragms. Most people know the breathing diaphragm, actually, because they've heard about, you know, oh, my diaphragm's tight. When you have hiccup, your diaphragm's twitching, blah, blah, blah. So most people think that they have a diaphragm and it sits below their ribs and it's part of their breathing mechanics, maybe. But actually, you've got seven and they are very beautiful, very gentle, very intuitive little parachutes throughout the body. And their job is to organize pressure. So you've got intracranial pressure, you've got interabdominal pressure. And as you can imagine, when the pressure is in perfect balance, that thing that we're all forever on the lookout for, perfect balance, when we all like to be perfectly balanced, anyway. So when you are perfectly anatomically balanced, those pressure sensors that are the diaphragms are all doing their jobs perfectly. We, for loads of reasons, get out of whack, get out of balance, get misaligned, and we can feel the pressure building. You might feel uh, a headache. You might feel constipation, okay? You might feel like your pelvic floor, like the bottom, like your undercarriage is either tight or too loose. You might feel sinusitis. Your sinuses are all kind of not happy. Okay, those are all signs that your diaphragms or your your intra body pressure system is off. So in the little freebie that we're going to give peeps after this episode, they are going to be able to get themselves into biomechanical neutral, their spine is going to be neutralized, their diaphragms are going to be neutralized, they're going to close their eyes, they're going to do a gratitude practice, and they're going to breathe. Because if you tick all of those boxes, you are basically doing everything you can on a physical level to rest, restore, and rejuvenate. Ta-da! Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But yeah, it's a, it's a funny kind of mishmash of a load of different techniques that I put together because I found it really helpful for me, you know, and my body's not special. My body is a typical body with ovaries. No, it doesn't have ovaries anymore. Oh my God, that's such a lie. Anyway, it's a body with a vagina um, that, you know, has had its fair revolutions around the sun and needs to be nourished, enjoyed, looked after. Nourished, yes. right. So I love the tips that you shared and, and we will share the link in the show notes of that exercise and guidance that you have about putting the body, I guess it's a bit, if I understood where those steps are about listening first and then practicing some kind of shifts through the body to be able to shift the mind. But where do you think, what do you think entrepreneurs specifically do wrong when it's about their their mental health and state, and but also how they treat their body along the way? Oh, this is such a good question. And if I can make a suggestion, the person that you need to invite on this podcast, who's an absolute expert in entrepreneur real burnout is a lady called Lachelle Barnett. So I will definitely put you two in touch because she is the tits. It's just, I learned that recently. It means really good, the tits. Anyway, so she can definitely speak to that much, much better than I can. But I think when you become an entrepreneur, a lot of people do it because they think it's going to give them extra freedom. Okay. That's not why I became an entrepreneur. I became an entrepreneur because I couldn't get enough hours doing, you know, Pilates work to actually sustain my salary. The majority of people, and especially probably in your world as well, you know, where they where they want this portable business, where they want to be able to take it wherever they are, and they want it to kind of, you know, just fit into the lifestyle that they'd love to have. You want to do it for freedom. 
And so you leave your lovely golden handcuffed corporate job, maybe, which is what I did. You start a company, okay? And then you love it so much. It doesn't feel like work. It's such a nice change from what you had before, whether that was a six-figure corporate job with six weeks of paid holiday a year. Yes, that's what I gave up. Um, Mm -hmm. That you just do it to distraction. And of course, you are, it doesn't feel like work, so you're doing too much of it. It gives you great pleasure, so you do it more. You want to do more of it, so you say yes to everything or most things until you realize, gosh, I'm really quite tired. And I've worked myself into a wonderful pair of golden handcuffs, this time of my own bloody making, you know? Um, Mm. I think as well, entrepreneurs, we um, are always on. You know, you hear this all the time. I can't turn off. I can't turn off. I've got so many ideas. I don't know what to put them in. I don't want to journal. And I've got this thing. And I So your list of to-dos <laughs> gets bigger because you're adding on, oh, must invite Lachelle Barnett to my next podcast. Must remember to ask Jodie about that lady that she told me about burnout. Na, 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 na. And it just goes on and on and on. And so it's not how can you stop doing all of this stuff? It's not how can I turn off my brain? It's how can I find systems of containment that create capacity, that preserve my energy, and that allow me to feel that I'm still free because I'm in control. This is so important. I love when you bring that idea that, you know, we we often combine our passion. And that's the conversation I had a lot with my husband as well. When we combine our passions, when our business is our passion, it's a wonderful thing. But then when at some point, it becomes the source of that stress because we just do too much of it. And at some point, the risk is also that it doesn't become a source of happiness anymore because we're overworked as well. So it's a vicious circle. And I think it's, it is so crucial to be, for me, it's all about building habits. And I think habits of success, of growth, but also habits of self-care. And for me, that's defining balance. The signal for me is when I stop or give up on my daily routine. Mm. When I skip once, it's okay. But when it becomes multiple days in a row, that's the great natural alarm. You're giving up on something that's really important to you, which is your self-care. Yeah, absolutely. And so that comes back to the very idea of your baseline and the boxes that Mm -hmm. you're ticking when you're going to the dark side. So you know, if I miss it once, okay. If I miss it twice, ooh. If I'm missing it daily, there's a problem, people. So you've already got a really good set of like um, markers, objective markers that show you that you're keeping to the straight and narrow, which is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everybody should find their own markers in a way, but I do think that I've been talking to so many entrepreneurs and those who really manage to, first of all, enjoy their business and make money because that's another dangerous is that it becomes a hobby. We're so passionate about it that we don't care about making money and we're ready to help anybody without even getting paid for it properly. That's another source of burnout when you get to work and not get paid for it properly. I see you nodding your head like big time. <laughs> Very much so. I mean, you can't see yeah, this though. Absolutely. <laughs> for those of you who are listening. But yeah, I think it's really important to also build some not only healthy routines, but also to have other sources of joy beyond our business, even if that is the biggest source of joy. For me, that was my biggest learning because I've always been passionate about entrepreneurship and I've always been doing it even before I was an entrepreneur, right? And no matter what I was doing as a student, I started initiative as a, in high high school was my first entrepreneurial initiative. Yeah, it was high school or junior. Anyways, I was 14 years old. So 
when that's your passion and then it becomes your source of income, that's a very dangerous place because then you have no other source of joy when things go rough in the business or when things, and let's say it, this journey is full of ups and downs. So if we, if we tap our energy in just that, I think that's the, that's a dangerous place somehow. I agree. And I think I'd take it a step further. I think it's okay. I mean, I, been doing this a long time and I'm okay mixing passion with business and I mean this is this is my life you know this is this is how I live my life that I'm trying to teach others how to do as well but I would take it a step further because one thing that I had to come to terms with recently was when I had my offline business it was called Little Bird Pilates right and when I transferred it across and finally got the guts to step into putting all of this stuff together and bringing my full power to the people in front of me, I rebranded and I became Jodie Woodford Therapeutics. And so now it's like, is this my identity? Or is there still some sort of gap between, you know, who I am now on this podcast, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to shut down and who I am when I'm serving my kids lunch in a couple of hours? You know, it's, it's a very... Um, nebulous, um, hard to navigate, unclear, boundaryless place to be. When you are the face of your brand, you have a, an eponymous brand and you're you, you know, and I get people in the street here in my little village that say, oh, I saw you the other day. And I think you did. I didn't see you. And I kind of think, shit, did I blank that person in the street? And they're like, no, I saw you on Facebook. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, right. Okay, fine. Just in case, that doesn't mean you saw me, by the way. Okay, that's actually really destabilizing to think that I might have snubbed you in the supermarket when you're talking about my social media presence, you know? Or, like you, I do loads of sales calls, and the person comes on like they've known me forever, whereas I'm just meeting them for the first time. And so it's a it's a big kind of adjustment to think, okay, you're visible, you're a visible almost personality without blowing my own horn. You do become this visible personality, And you have to kind of, you know, sit with that. You can call it a weight. You can call it a pressure. You can call it the limelight. You can call it whatever you want. And that as well becomes a source of, can be a big drain because you think I've got no privacy. I am always on show. You know, my face is everywhere. Actually, it's not. That's a great source of navel gazing. Mm -hmm. That's that's one thing. If If you're listening to this podcast and thinking, it's true, I can't go anywhere. Everybody knows me. No, they don't. You're not Madonna. Everything is fine. Um, you just see your adverts all the time. You just see your chops all the time. That's how we perceive it. Exactly. I think it's all about how we decide to perceive it. It's funny that you say that because that's exactly what I had to work through at the beginning. And now it's a bit different. It happened to me so many times. For example, when I came to Vienna, I would go to a cafe and people would stare at like people, two women stared at me. And I was like, God, they're staring at me. And then I received a message. I said, Amel, I saw you in the, yeah. I was like, I have no idea who you are. I've been following you for years. And yeah, it, it can be very like intimidating, can feel like our personal private space has been invaded, but actually no, it's just somebody who saw you. There's no, nothing personal. And that's the thing that I shifted is I always say, and I talked about this in other episodes as well, how it's important to make the difference between private and personal, right? Privacy is about things you don't want to come out that are personal, yes. like private to you, like 
your life, your personal life with your family, your details that you don't want other people to know. That's different from your face. Your face is just your face, right? And and you get to choose what you put out there. And um, and I think that's important to not get overwhelmed by that. I think because we think people recognize this, we're like, oh my God, my privacy has been invaded when actually you're just being yes. personable, right? That's why people trust you is because they get to know you, who you are on that professional side and as much of the personal as you want to exactly. share. Exactly, yeah. But it is even more than passion if your personality, mm-hmm. if your chops are the face of your business That to me is another source of angst or anxiety, which can also flip you over Mm. into that burnout where you think I've got to be on, I've got to be on all the time because I could easily think bloody hell best. I've got my hair and makeup all done up when I go and walk my dog in the morning, because what's her name seen me on (laughs) Facebook, you know, but luckily I'm like, you know what, what's her name seen me on Facebook. And this is what I look like at 6.15 in the morning when it's snowing outside and I'm walking my over hairy hand. So it's again, it's all about perception. It's about being brave and thinking, this is okay. You know, it's, it's really okay to not be on all the time. And that's a whole different topic as well, because bravery is not, not a great emotion to be in. You don't want to sit in courage, but that's a different topic. We'll talk about that another day. Mm-hmm. I love it. So, so, so good. I love this. And I thank you so much for your insights and sharing your expertise around this and also your personal experience. And we have to close this conversation slowly. Is there anything you want to add to this topic before uh, we also get to send our listeners to where they can find you. Yes, I would like to say, if you're listening to this episode and and we've hit on anything that has been a bit triggering or a bit difficult to hear, or you Mm. have any kind of suspicions, take it to some uh, trusted health providers. Because as you Mm. said right at the beginning, burnout is getting a lot more attention these days. It's not a source of shame or despair. Um, Your brain is an organ. It's totally allowed to get sick. Antidepressants are a wondrous thing. I loved being on antidepressants, just for the record. I was really quite sad when the psychiatrist said to me, now, Jodi, you have to stop, okay? And I was like, really? But it's so nice here. So they are not a bad thing. Take the drugs, get the help you need. There is no shame in this process. And whatever you do, don't leave it. Don't sit and ruminate for another hour thinking, "Mm, I wonder if I am. Just go and say, could I be burnt out and see what happens? You'll be amazed at the, the journey. And when you look back at it, you'll feel stronger and better on the other side. That's what I'd like to say. Public service announcement over. I love that. Thank you so much for highlighting that. I think it's important uh, to highlight that to our listeners. If you're listening and you feel like you have some doubts, seek help. This is so important. And if you are not there and you still want to prevent it, then... I think educating ourselves on the topic is also something important. So just listening to this episode, I think is a great thing, but there's so many out there resources. Um, Is there any resource that I will link to this episode, all the episodes I did on burnout and mental health, because I have a ton of them, because this is really important for me. But is there any specific resource you'd like to share on top of the link that we will put in of your exercise that you suggested? Not really. I think it's a really, really personal journey. And I think your personality will lead you to uh, the right route for you. But certainly, I would say Mm -hmm. when you are confronted or when you are encouraged to do physical exercise, and you don't feel ready for it, that's okay. You're allowed to say no, you're allowed to take your time, and you're allowed to make those physical obstacles a lot more bite sized for you. So if walking for an hour a day, which is what most people are told, seems a lot, 
listen to yourself. It's a lot. Mm, love that. This is so good. Thank you so much, Jodie. And tell us, what is the best place to find you? Uh, JodieWoodford.com. Excellent. So we will put all these information in the show notes on this episode. Um, go to tandemnomads.com slash 292. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much, Jodie. It's been amazing to have you. And I love just everything about you and your great energy. Thanks. It's always a pleasure, Amal. Same. Thank you. So Nomad Nation, I hope you enjoyed this episode and you found a lot of insights for you and share it with anybody who you think needs to hear it because this is a topic that we need to be able to educate more and more people that it is normal to get to that point and there are ways to prevent it but also to fix it if it happens so thank you so much for listening again and i can't wait to find you in the next episode stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities